Hello and welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On Wisco Legacy, I talk to interesting, inspiring, and successful people from the great state of Wisconsin and hear all about their journey. You can find me on all the podcast platforms. I also have a video version of each podcast on YouTube. You can follow me along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I also have a website, wiscolegacy.com. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Cody Andrus, special education teacher and head wrestling coach for Loda High School, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Uh, welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On today's episode, we have Cody Endress. He's a special education teacher, and he's a head wrestling coach for the Lodi Wrestling Program. Cody, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. This is, this is awesome. I've checked out the first two episodes, some incredible stories, inspiring stuff. Um, and yeah, just appreciate you jumping out, taking the leap, and starting something like this. That's, uh, that's brave, and this is, this is awesome. Thanks. I really appreciate it. So we're going we're gonna to start this interview. We're going to talk about the community that you grew up in. Uh, you, uh, like myself, seem to be very prideful of where you're from. Uh, you're from Lodi. It's a great community. Uh, I'm from Monroe. We're a great community as well. So um, you want to talk about uh, the commu- community of Lodi and how, it, um, how it's really shaped you? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually grew up in a little town called Dane, which is uh, less than a thousand people, about five miles away from Lodi. Uh, the Lodi community is made up of Dane, Harmony Grove, Oki, and Lodi, we all kind of funnel together. Um, but yeah, small town, but just an incredible feel. You know, I went there K through 12 and it really shaped shaped who I was. Yeah, it, I growing up, you know, you and I wrestled quite a bit uh, growing up in middle school and not as much in high school, but uh, we definitely hit the mat a few times. Being around, uh, just seeing Lodi at different wrestling tournaments, uh, there's a lot of sense of pride for the community. Can you talk about the the impact that the community has on on student athletes? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, our former high school principal, and he's actually our superintendent now. He kind of came up with this tagline that just says Lodi Pride, um, and it just hits it hits home. It's everywhere. It's all over sports um, posters and shirts. It's in our gymnasium, and it just kind of really, really encompasses the Lodi community. And everyone takes pride in our community, whether it's in the classroom whether it's in the arts, whether it's music, whether it's sports, you know, everyone really, really enjoys this community. It's, it's a fantastic place to live. There's just so much support. That's, that's awesome. You know, having that community backing is definitely helpful for um, being around in sports. I know um, when I was in high school, our, our football and wrestling programs were, were average at, at best. Our football program wasn't great, but um, we had a really great basketball program and um, we actually won state when I was in high school and the, the sense of community, uh, I, I think that really helped us propel up to, to win that state title. All right. So Cody, I know you were uh, a big athlete in high school. Uh, can you talk about when you got involved in sports and, and what sports you were involved in? So I started my, I guess, youth athletic career, probably the end of kindergarten uh, playing T-ball Um I think my mom or dad probably asked me to sign up for soccer as well, but I never really liked running. Still not much of a runner. So soccer yeah. wasn't uh, wasn't an avenue I was going to pursue. But, you know, played t-ball from, you know, kindergarten on to fourth grade and, and long after that. But really started with football in fourth grade. Uh, we started putting the pads on and, you know, growing up as a Packer and a Badger fan, uh, football is my first love. So loved football, loved playing that. In fifth grade, I went out for the basketball team. You know, I was a bigger kid, um, you know, kind of matured faster than most kids. So I ended up uh, being taller and just went out for the basketball team. That career was pretty short-lived. 
Um, I remember one game we were playing Verona, and one of my best friends, he was a good athlete as well, he scored the first point, got fouled. We gave up the next 77 points. Wow. I can't make this stuff up. And we scored the last point of the game as well. So we lost 77 to 3. Wow. Yeah. There should have been a mercy rule or something. It was atrocious. I remember falling out intentionally in the first half saying, like, this is – I'm so embarrassed. I'm never doing this again. Um, so that was the end of my basketball career. Shortly thereafter, I wrestled for the first time in fifth grade. Uh, didn't have a lot of success. Was pretty slow with it at first. Um, kind of gradually came into wrestling. Did a little bit in sixth grade. Um, kind of took off in seventh grade. Um, so those are all the sports I played. And then my senior year after I competed in wrestling and football, I actually went off for track for the first time, uh, which, okay. was, which was a great experience. Um, I really enjoyed not having the pressure of kind of being one of the, the better players in the team. Like at football and wrestling, I was just kind of a guy and ended up uh, being a key part of the team when we won conference and regionals for the first time. So it was just awesome being on a team um, when they had to accomplish something that they never had before. So that was really, really cool. And I just thank um, my track coaches for letting me come out that senior year. Awesome. What what made you decide to do that? Uh, our head football coach, Dave Poles, he was actually the throwing coach for track. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm not much of a runner. So yeah. um, it was throw and, and that was it. So I just got to hang out with him, uh, lift weights and throw shot put. So it was, a, it was a really cool experience. And with it being a guys and a girls team together, like that was really awesome. All of a sudden, I was there at the girls' practices and cheering them on and high-fiving them with their accomplishments and vice versa. Like That was a really cool sense of community when you have different sports teams, but we're all together as one. So that was pretty cool. That's great. Sounds like uh, you learned a lot through that experience. So being a multi-sport athlete, uh, I know there's a lot of people in this day and age who think you need to specialize uh, to get to the next level. Um, you were a football player, wrestler, and a travel little bit of a track athlete there too. Talk about your experience as a multi-sport athlete and what do you think uh, the benefits are to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the most important things. Like we talk about uh, with our athletes in this community, with our parents and stuff too, you know, as a student athlete to be successful, the, the most important thing is you need to be a great student. You have to take mm -hmm. care of that first and foremost. Second, you need to be a multi-sport athlete. You don't have to do all three if you don't want to, but you should really have two sports and really give a lot of great effort to them. And then third is just be in the weight room. You got to lift weights. You got to be strong. Uh, you got to stretch. You got to be fit. All those uh, really important intangibles. But we preach multi-sport athletes in this community. I mean, our head football coach, he was my former coach, one of my best friends. Um, or I should say one of my biggest role models I have. And even, you know, the basketball coach who wrestling and basketball always have this interesting dynamic. You know, I keep score. Friday nights at the football game on the clock and he does the announcing. So we work together. So mm -hmm. it's really cool for our community to see, wait, up in the press box, there's the wrestling coach and the basketball coach and they're working together. That's interesting. But uh, he supports my program. I support his. Uh, we all support each other's. So um, you know, obviously Lodan community is, is pretty big. So to have all the coaches across all the sports, across all the genders, you know, preaching the same message, it's really, it really hits home. That's, that's great that you have that community built right in there. Um, so we're going to switch gears a little bit, uh, talk a little bit about your career, uh, wrestling specifically. This is not a wrestling podcast, even though my first few guests are wrestling related. Uh, it's one of my big passions. So obviously I'm going to talk about it. You mentioned you started uh, wrestling in fifth grade. Uh, what, what got you into the sport of wrestling? 
Yeah. So I think everyone has a really unique, how did you start wrestling story? You know, it's mm-hmm. not like other sports where you, your parents did it and they're like, sign, sign me up. Um, my dad was a wrestler in high school for a few years, but he never pushed it on me. Like, I don't think I even knew he was a wrestler until I started getting into it. Uh, but thankfully I had some cousins uh, in a neighboring town and an uncle that just kind of brought me along to practice. Like, Hey, you like sports? We're getting into this. Let's go. Uh, so really thankful to my uncle Troy and my cousin Jake for doing that. Uh, but here in Lodi, I, I think it was fifth grade. It could have very well been fourth. I just remember going up to the wrestling room for the first time. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but coach Ryan uh, coach Jack Ryan who was a national champion for Wisconsin, uh, took a world bronze medal at the 1977 world championships for the United States. Uh, could have been a 1980 Olympic team, but the Olympics were boycotted, you know, Hall of Fame coach, all these things. I knew nothing about it. I just liked him because he was a smaller guy. I was a bigger kid. He was about my size. He had a lot of energy and he was really, really fun to work with. Um, so just that alone, like really, really hooked me into wrestling the first couple practices. And then we had a two-time state champion. His name was Kelby Mack, pretty big in our community, you know, football, wrestling, baseball, state champ. He said after practice one night and I don't even think he worked with me, but just let me like jump on him and wrestle with him. And man, that was awesome. You know, he, he was my hero. Um, and you know, fast forward now we're friends and I got to coach with him and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. But back then that meant a lot. Um, sixth grade, I went to a wrestling tournament. I went 0 three. I got pinned three times. Um, and if it wasn't for coach Chris Perzik, who was actually my high school coach, you know, I don't know if I would have continued wrestling. You know, going 0-3, getting pinned three times is a very, very humbling experience. And I was struggling with it, but he was my phi ed teacher at the time. And I remember one day I walked into PE class and he goes, Endress. I kind of go, what's up? He's like, you're going to be a heavyweight state champion someday. I said, what? You know, the fact that the high school varsity coach said that about me, like, man, I was interested in wrestling again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same year, our, our high school program uh, actually won this team state title. Uh, so 2004, they dominated, won like 53 to nine. That was the first time I'd ever seen Lodi Russell in person. I saw the celebrations. I saw the trophies, the medals, and, you know, the momentum was starting to build. I was like, man, this is this is pretty cool. I wrestled in seventh grade for our middle school program. I went about 500. You know, I did okay. Um, got pinned a lot. I think we might have wrestled that year. I remember wrestling Lodi in some dual meet, and I feel like we might have wrestled there at one point. But that's not when I remember wrestling you. We wrestled yeah. so much in like seventh and eighth grade, yeah, like every weekend. Especially eighth grade. Yeah. And, um, you know, and my, my life really changed and, you know, I developed a passion for wrestling when coach Laverne Ziegler, who was our middle school coach at the time, took me to 2005 individual state championships, just the Saturday night, just the finals. Um, and I just saw that arena. I saw the atmosphere. I was hooked. Like I, I knew what I wanted to do. I had a goal. Um, you know, coach Laverne is incredible. He just retired. He coached 38 years for us. Um, wow. I'm like, man, coach, without you bringing me that night, like, I don't know what my career would have been. So, so that was, that was a life-changing moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've been to every single state championship since I think the year 2000, other than last year with, with the, the COVID stuff, you know, I never made the tournament obviously, but um, I still get goose goosebumps to this day seeing the March of Champions, it's, it's phenomenal. It's a special thing, yeah. yeah and even yeah. if you're not a wrestling fanatic, it's just a spectacle. Like, you can just appreciate that March and, and knowing what those athletes did to get there. And, 
you know, what their families did, what their, what their coaches did, what it means to their communities. It's, it's a cool two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it. It's, it's the pinnacle of Wisconsin state wrestling. So it's, it's awesome to see. Um, you know, Lodi is one of the most historic wrestling programs in the state, in my opinion. Uh, you were named the head coach uh, at a fairly young age. Um, talk about what it was like to, to be offered that head coaching position. Yeah, so I was named head coach at, you know, 25 years old. At, at that time, man, I, I was ready to set the world on fire. I thought I was ready. I thought I knew everything. And, man, I, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, I, I, tr- I truly did. You know, I had a plan and a vision. But looking back, like it was my plan in my vision. It was not our plan or our vision. Um, I'm just very, very thankful that there were some people there who just remained, remained loyal, remained patient, continued to help. Um, and we're, we're in a really great spot now. I think I've learned a lot from these incredible people. Uh, but yeah, taking over a program at a young age, um, you know, it was, it was learn on the go. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, uh, we've been able to kind of work through those rough spots. I think we're in a, a great spot now moving forward. That's great. Uh, I'm going to switch back to your, your wrestling career a little bit. Um, you know, knowing that Lodi is a pretty historic program, what was it like to put that, that Lodi singlet on for the first time? I was so nervous. Like, my first time wrestling varsity uh, was the beginning of the year, freshman year. I'd won a wrestle off against a returning varsity guy. It was kind of, even I didn't really expect to win the wrestle off. I just wrestled hard and you know came out ahead and him and I kind of traded the spot back and forth that year. I became the starter at the end of the year as well, but um, I was so nervous. I puked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was at home. I went out there, I got pinned and I think we won the duel like 60 to nine. And I was one of two guys to lose and get pinned and, you know, it was a rough start. And then we had another duel against a conference team. I got a pin there. So I felt a lot better going into the Saturday tournament, you know, first round I'm wrestling a really highly ranked kid. Cause that's how parents work. And I get pinned again. And, um, an assistant coach of ours, Johnny Adler, who was a state champion as well. You know, I remember he pulled me aside after he got pinned. He's like, this is ridiculous. Like if you're going to lose, you're going to fight. You're not going to get pinned. Like this is Lodi wrestling. We have expectations for all of our athletes. And, and he really gave it to me but I needed that. And it really changed me. You know, it's, I think about that as a teacher and a coach, like sometimes the hard, hard conversations needed to happen. They usually do. You know, I don't ever look back at a time when I was like a coach was too hard on me. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, Obviously there's some situations, but um, I appreciate how hard he was. Uh, I needed it. And it really changed me. Yeah. You wrestled 215 freshman year, right? All four years. Yeah. All four years. Yeah. I, I was varsity in 189 and 215 freshman year. And I, I felt the same way. Like I was like eight and 18 my freshman year. And a lot of my losses were pins. And um, halfway through the year, I had to bump up to 215 and I was only 185 pounds. So um, that's a man's weight for sure. Uh, wrestling those big guys. And uh, it, it was definitely a challenge. You know, I wrestled some JV tournaments that year too and went undefeated. So I've just kind of like a tweener. Like I've, pretty good for JV, but varsity, I just, it wasn't there. Um, but it's, it's definitely a challenging way as a, a young guy to hop in and, and have some success. So you, but you ended up having some success the next year. Uh, you made it to state. Yeah. Yeah. The next year, um, I made the state tournament took third, you know, I, I look back at the improvement that I made at that time. I took you know, 
fifth at regionals the year before out of five guys. I got pinned right away and I was out. Uh, it's taken third at the state tournament. Um, you know, it was, was pretty incredible, but it didn't happen on my own. There was, uh, you know, Steve Dibble was a coach that just put hours and hours and hours into me all summer, all spring, all fall. Um, Nick Ziegler, Coach Perzik, Johnny Adler, all the coaches I had, like without their help, I wouldn't have got there. And mm-hmm. did I put a lot of time in? Yeah. Did I work really hard? Yeah. But if it wasn't for those coaches, I wouldn't have even scratched the surface at, at that point. Right. Hey, you know, that support system definitely helps for sure. Um, so I want to talk about some of your more memorable matches during your high school career. I know you you guys had a lot of team success. And you obviously had a lot of individual success. Are there some matches that stand out to you? Yeah. Well, you know, I guess it's weird. Like when I think about some of the more memorable matches, like I think of my friends and my teammates and the matches that they won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oddly enough, I think it in a weird way that meant more. Um, in my career, I was just so so focused and business orientated. Like I'd get a big win, I'd beat a ranked guy, and it was just on to the next thing. You know, which I think sometimes really held me back because I didn't really enjoy the process or enjoy the success. Uh, but you know, one of my best friends, uh, Tony Zeman, he was a JV kid as a freshman, threw into the varsity lineup, and pinned the state runner up. You know, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Cody Cable, another one of my best friends, um, watching him beat a state champion two years in a row at the conference tournament, like that was incredible. Uh, Kyle McKern, he's a guy that never wrestled varsity until regionals his junior year. Three weeks later, he wins an overtime match in the team state finals to help us win a team state title in 2008. You know, those matches are the ones that I think of like funnest matches in my career. Like I think of, um, and then just our duel against Iowa Grant in 2008. Uh, that year, 2008, we were not favored to make it to team state. Lodi had made it for like six or seven straight years at that point. We graduated a lot of guys the year before. You know, we heard the rumors, the cupboards were bare, uh, Coach Rywan's gone, you know, the program's not going to be as well. And we went out and won the state tournament that year. Um, and we did that by defeating Iowa Grant in the team sectional finals. I forget how it goes. I think with like three matches left, we were down by like 10 or something. Um, and we knew it might have even been more. I think it was maybe 12. We knew we needed in a major and an upset, um, something like that. And Tony Zeman goes out there and gets a pin and a big duel pins a guy only pin of the duel meet. Dakota Cable goes out there and beats a guy that had beaten him earlier in the year, just dominates him. And then to watch our, our captain and eventual state champion, Logan Einerson go out there and cradle a kid and hold him for two minutes as the clock winds down to go to team state. Like you talk about goosebumps in our home gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's why I wrestle. That's why I coach. It's, it's for things like that. I mean, that was 13 years ago. It's, it's still a big deal in this town, in this community, you know? You know, it's interesting that the more memorable moments that you have are your teammates and your friends. Like that, that's a, probably a big reason why you're in coaching right now is you're, you think about others and, and you want to succeed with, with the team. So uh, that's really awesome. Um, last question on your high school wrestling career. So you placed three times in state, you got third and you were runner up twice. Um, what did you learn from those defeats that you've used uh, moving forward? Because I know, I, I don't personally know, but you know, losing a state championship has to be uh, really tough. So, what did you learn from that that you've learned that you've used moving forward? Yeah, the the struggle will strengthen you. You know, it's a motto in our program. It's on our our handbook. We got it on shirts. I say it all the time. Like, the struggle will strengthen you. It might take years. You may you might never understand it, but someday. 
uh, you'll have some perspective and some understanding. You know, I didn't handle those losses well at all. Um, you know, I look back and I'm kind of ashamed of how I handled them with just like maybe my attitude and my inability to move on to the next thing. I think one failure kind of led to the next one and led to the next one. I never gave myself a clean break. Um, and then just also like looking back, you know, as a high school kid, I thought I was doing everything right. I working everybody, not cutting any corners. And then you kind of go to college or you become an adult and you realize like, man, you, you cut corners. You thought you were doing everything, but there's a lot of things you weren't doing right. So now in my life, I just, I want to leave no stone unturned in, in everything I do. You know, I, I question everything in every part of my life. I, I'm very analytical and evaluative now. Um, you know, I think if I would have done that back then, I probably would have had a lot more success. Um, as much pain as those losses called, I wouldn't trade cause. I wouldn't trade them for the world. You know, they shaped me into the person I am today. Without those losses, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today. So um, I'm just thankful for some of those scars that were left that I can look at every now and then and be like, yeah, that was that was a hard time, but we got through it, and yeah, I'm a better person for it. Yeah, and it's just a moment in time in your life. I mean, it's as a senior in high school, you're stepping on the mat for the last time. You obviously want to have your hand raised, but it's it's a moment in time. Uh, you have a lot more to do with the rest of your life. So awesome perspective on that. Um, glad it's really helped shape you and, and it's not defining who you are. All right. So uh, after high school, you went to UW lacrosse. Uh, what went into that decision? Yeah, uh, there's a story there. Um, you know, I always told myself, if I would have won the state title in wrestling, I was going to Whitewater to play football. Um, you know, I, I absolutely loved football. I had a really, really good senior year. Um, I, I just played much better than I ever had before. Uh, we lost in level four of the playoffs, so I was pretty sour about that. We had a big lead, 21-7. We blew it. We lost. The team that we lost to went and won the state title. And, you know, that would have been Lodi's first state title in football. So that was a really, really big deal to to us and our community. You know, like we felt like we let them down. And how I said a little bit earlier, like I sometimes let my my failures, you know, fall into the next one. And, and I was, you know, coming off a hard football season. So said, if I won a state title, going to Whitewater, playing football. Obviously didn't win a state title. Came down to Augsburg and Lacrosse, uh, two of the best schools in Division Three. You know, the year I was being recruited, they were both number one and two. I remember going to the dual meet and getting recruited by both coaches during the duel, after the duel. So um, as a high school senior, you think that's that's pretty cool to get that uh, attention and whatnot. Um, kind of shallow thinking, like you shouldn't be chasing after that. You should be chasing, you know, what's my best academic spot? Where could I wrestle at? How is this best for my family? Those things. Um, when I went on my final recruiting trip, I left Dave Malachek's office saying, yeah, I'm going to lacrosse. This, this is the place. Uh, but at the time, I was also really good friends with Chad, Chad Johnson, who was a state champion from DeSoto. Yeah. Uh, him and I had trained together. We were really good buddies. He's like, dude, I, I can't get into lacrosse. Like, I'm going to Augsburg. So I, w- I went to Augsburg with him. Um, spent the summer there doing team camps and wrestling a couple weeks. It was great. Got to meet a lot of guys, bond really well with the coaching staff and whatnot. And then one of the final days, I think parents came up and you kind of got to meet the families and check in with the tuition office and get your dorm room, things like that. Um, I got the tuition bill and it was vastly different from what I was told throughout mm-hmm. the whole process. Um, and at that moment in time, you know, for, for a middle-class family, there was, there was no way we were doing it. Um, and I just felt lied to. I felt cheated throughout the whole re- recruiting process. So kind of told the coaches like, this is ridiculous. I'm out of here. And they talked to financial aid and they tried to offer a different package and this and that. But at that time, you know, 
the, the trust was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quickly reached back out to, to coach Malchek, um, who unfortunately, like when I chose Augsburg, I didn't do a great job of letting him know and letting him know why I was, he meant so much to me during the recruiting process. And I felt so guilty for going someplace else that, you know, I think I sent him like an email, like a week later, like I'm going to Augsburg, uh, which is just a classless thing to do. Uh, but to his credit, when I emailed him and said, I'm interested in lacrosse, uh, you know, my goodness, he called me. You could hear the excitement in his voice said, hey, get up here. Let's talk. Let's go. Went into his office, kind of said, here's what I'm looking for. And, you know, I had a couple points that I wanted to make sure were okay. You know, we hugged and I became an eagle. Uh, one of the best best choices I've ever made. And, you know, just um, his ability to forgive and forget during those times. And he helped me get into school in August and get me set up and just welcome me like a son. Um, yeah, Dave Malachek is the man. Yeah, I, I've heard that a lot. I've never interacted with him, but uh, I've heard a, a lot of the lacrosse wrestlers just revere him. So that's awesome. Um, so beyond just wrestling at lacrosse, um, how did lacrosse help impact the rest of your life? I know you obviously graduated from there and stuff, but how, how did lacrosse help um, impact your life? Yeah, it's, it's a great school. You know, ath- athletically, they, they always dominate the WIAC and, and the cup that they always have. Um, academically, they're extremely strong. You know, the average student GPA is really high. The student athlete GPA is even higher than the student body, which is incredible. It's a beautiful city with the bluffs and with the river and with the campus. Uh, it, it was truly my home for five years. Like when I had to leave lacrosse, it was devastating. You know, I went through like a six month transition period, leaving lacrosse, leaving my friends, leaving that leaving wrestling, leaving my social life, all those things. Like it was, it was really, really hard. Uh, so lacrosse meant a great deal. Um, I mean, I just look at my wedding. If I had, if I had gone to Whitewater one, I went to marry the beautiful woman. I call my wife and I her at lacrosse, but all my friends that were in my wedding, um, most of them were from lacrosse. I look out the tables. Uh, so many of my wrestling teammates were there, coaches. Uh, so yeah, I truly wouldn't be here today um, without lacrosse and without that experience. I, my my wife went to lacrosse for a year um, after, and I went up there a few times, and it's it's such a beautiful place up there, and um, it's an awesome college town for sure. Uh, I'm excited this year, uh, lacrosse and Wisconsin, and some of the Arkansas teams are having a big um, big dual meet up there for wrestling, and it'll be exciting to see uh, see some more eyes on lacrosse up there. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Coach Malachek, Coach Bono, and all those guys for doing that, like. Division one, two, and three duel all happening at once in the state of Wisconsin. Like we should road trip up there and Wisco Legacy do a live broadcast or something. Like that's that's incredible. You know, Friday, mm-hmm. November twelfth, that date is stamped on my calendar. I'm I'm going. Awesome. Um, you talk about balancing school in wrestling and college. You know, and that's that's a lot to manage while you're while you're in college. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, Coach Malachek, he always said like, guys, there's, you know, three things that being a student athlete really encompasses, um, you know, st- school, wrestling and social life. He's like, you can only be good at two at the same time. Like you, you have to pick which two. And there was times where I was really good at school, really good at wrestling and my social life suffered, which would have been the best path, you know, <laughs> take care of wrestling or student athlete, the social aspect will come. There was times I was good at wrestling and good at being social, and then my school suffered. There was times where I was good at being social in school, and my wrestling suffered. So I kind of went through the whole, the whole gamut, right? But it just helps me now as a as a wrestling coach and a teacher, 
and a father like prioritize and put the first things first. Um, I mean, I think it was Warren Buffett one time he was talking to an apprentice of his and he's like, write down 25 things you want to be really, really good at in your life. And it took the apprentice, you know, quite a bit of time to write them all down. And he said, all right, cross off the bottom 20, circle the top five, focus on those. Like that's the kind of perspective that being a student athlete in college helped me to realize. Nice. That's, that's great. Um, last question about, you know, lacrosse and, and wrestling. Uh, I'll probably talk a little bit more about wrestling, coaching and stuff, but um, talk about that transition from student athlete to nothing. I know I struggled from high school to college. I didn't compete in anything in college and I, I struggled a lot uh, with that transition, you know, being a three sport athlete down to, I'm just going to classes. And for you, you went from, you know, college athlete to um, I think you were a substitute teacher for a little bit. Can you talk about that transition? Yeah, that's, that was the hardest probably six months of my life, you know, graduating in May of 2015 until I started coaching wrestling again for Lodi in November of 2015. You know, that's in that six month stretch, um, I moved back home, live with my parents, which I love them. You know, it's, it's awesome that they let me, uh, but who wants to be 23 years old living with their parents? You know, uh, my girlfriend and I, we were still dating, but it was long distance. So I didn't get to see her. So that was really, really hard. All my friends were at different spots. I was broke. I, I didn't get a teaching job, so I'm working this, you know, summer job that I don't particularly enjoy. My girlfriend's gone, my friends are gone, I don't have wrestling. It was it was a really hard time. Um, I mean, I remember I was pretty burnt out at the end of my wrestling career. You know, I've been doing it for a really, really long time. Uh, my body was kind of breaking down. So I gave myself this excuse that I didn't have to work out, you know. So for a long time there, I didn't work out, I didn't feel good about myself. Um, it was dark. Uh, but thank God the Lodi wrestling came and saved the day. You know, Coach Perzik, once he heard I was moving back, he wanted to get me on staff right away. And, you know, being, it sounds crazy, but being an assistant high school wrestling coach really helped me get back on the path of success. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big identity struggle when you go from, you know, being a student athlete to, you know, like in your case, you're working a summer job. Um, I know, again, when even when I, graduated college uh, I had a job and everything but I, I still didn't really know who I was and I, I struggled a bit with that even after that um, and now like I'm a dad that's that's me um, my first and foremost thing is, is being a dad so that's my identity uh, that's who I am that's who I want to be so uh, thanks for sharing that perspective you know like I said it's, it's a huge struggle for a lot of people that go from you know being an athlete to, to not being an athlete um, so you're currently a teacher. Uh, what led you down that path? Yeah, so, you know, at 16 years old, I, I just knew I wanted to be a coach. Like, I was so passionate about football and wrestling. And, and Dave Poles, our head football coach, Chris Perzik, my, my wrestling coach. Um, you know, coach Poles was a special ed teacher. Coach Perzik was a phi ed teacher. Coach Rymel was a phi ed teacher. You know, I just, I just saw the impact that they had on people how they influence people, um, students, athletes, community members, parents. And I was just like, you know, I want that. Um, and wanted to be a coach. I knew that the teacher coach balance, you know, worked really, really well. Um, so I just knew at 16 years old, like, yeah, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a coach. I don't know what I'm going to teach. I don't know what I'm going to coach, but this, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so I got pretty blessed there. You know, I didn't have a lot of those searchable moments. Um, it kind of just kind of came to me. 
Nice. Um, you mentioned a couple of teachers there, but are there specific teachers or examples that, that really inspired you to, to become a teacher? Yeah, I think it started in seventh grade too. You know, I had this gentleman by the name of Jerry Hilliker who taught in the Lodi community for about 40 years. I kind of caught him at the tail end of his career. Um, just his perspective on life was incredible. You know, he was a social studies teacher. And I'm sure we learned some states and maybe a little bit about war and things like that. But uh, yeah, his perspective was was incredible. His history of Lodi, his knowledge. I mean, how did it go? He was teaching people's grandkids that he had. Like maybe he had the grandparent when they were a senior and then he had the the grandchild um, when they were in like seventh grade. So it, it was nuts. Uh, so he was the one that kind of cracked the code of, hmm, maybe this teaching thing isn't so bad. Um, and then in eighth grade, I had another awesome teacher, uh, Joe Jelnick, who's actually our high school principal right now. And then David Zilker had those guys back to back for social studies and science. And they really lit the fire. You know, I just saw the influence that they had, um, especially growing up in education, you know, not really having many male teachers to finally have some male teachers and just incredible ones like that. You know, it, it was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, so what drove you to be a special education teacher? So I started out in college uh, wanting to be a PE teacher. I think physical education is, is so important, especially, um, especially now. I mean, look what the pandemic has done to our kids and whatnot. Um, so I don't mean to say this by de devaluing um, Fayette at all, but I just, I wanted something maybe a little bit deeper. At that time, I had started joining a Bible study on campus and just getting really into my Christian faith and reading the Gospels, you know, and, and Jesus's life and all he did. And I just saw how he was a servant leader and he served everybody. And he mm -hmm. especially served the poor, the sick, the sinners, the needy. And just as like my Christian faith really started to blossom, then I was like, well, you know, what an education can I do to serve other people? And if you're in education, no matter what your capacity is, you're serving people. Um, but just looking for that challenge, I was like, man, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the way. I'm, I'm going to go into special ed. Um, and then I think I emailed Coach Poles late one night in the dorms. Uh, a long, long email, all these questions. And man, he responded. And after he kind of gave me the, the green light, I was just like, all right, talking to my advisor. I'm changing my changing my credits. We're going PE, or excuse me, we're going special ed. Nice. Well, I'm sure your students are thankful that that you made that that change. How do your students impact your life? You know, it's crazy, but my students really helped me become a parent because like the love I have for my students is surreal. You know, I, I care about these guys and girls so much. I think about them on my drive home um, on the weekends during the summer. Like at one point I was talking to my wife, I was like, babe, I don't know if I'm ready to have a kid. Like if I love these students, I teach so much, how much am I gonna love a child of my own? Um, but just the love that's had such an impact. And then also just, the you know, the struggle as well. Um, when you have to be really hard on a kid for their benefit, it's not an easy thing to do. But when you see that it pays off, you know, it's, it's an incredible feeling. And then I, I'm in a position where I'm lucky enough to have the same kids third, fourth, fifth grade. So to see that growth in the trajectory um, during those three years, it's, it's incredible. Um, and then being in this town, you know, I get to coach some of the kids that I taught I get to go to graduation and see him walk across the stage. Uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're definitely making an impact. And it sounds like they're making a, a great impact on your life too. So glad for that. Um, transitioning back to your coaching career. Um, what are some of your coaching philosophies that, that you try to mount to your student athletes? 
Yeah, so I think a big one, and I mentioned it before, but you know, it's it's a pretty big bullet point. We say a lot, like the struggle will strengthen you. Um, wrestling is not an easy sport, and guys need to know that going in. Um, and I remember at practice in college, we were kind of dogging it and saying how hard it was. And our assistant coach Ross Needham, he's like, I don't want to hear how hard this is again. Like, you guys knew it was hard, and you signed up for it. Like, you signed up. I didn't sign you up. So why are you here? made a lot of sense. Like, wow, I knew what I was getting into. Uh, the struggle is going to strengthen me. Uh, so we say that to our guys a lot. You also, um, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you earn. You know, I think it was Tom or Terry Brands that said that, and it made a lot of sense. Like, we all think we deserve these things, wins and, and, and titles and championships, but do we really earn them? Um, especially as part of like wrestling, everything that you get is, is what you put in. So that's, that's kind of a big deal. You know, our goal at this program winning is a short-term goal. We definitely think that's really, really important. But our long-term goal is just to have relationships with these guys. You know, we want to be invited to their weddings and, and know their kids and see them around town and just have these great relationships with them. There's there's other programs I've heard about or not been a part of, but just know of that, you know, they just grind their kids and it's all about wins, 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 and then never see you again. Uh, that's not what we want to be. You know, we want to be able to win in the short term, but then also love these guys for for a long time. And then I think uh, one of the last things is, you know, if you want your guys to bleed for you, you got to be willing to bleed for them. You know, you got to put the time in, you got to go through workouts with them. You have to respect them for you to respect, uh, for them to reciprocate that respect back. Uh, you you got to be all in, you know, especially in sport like wrestling. I can't show up for three months out of the year and expect to have a great program. You know, it's got to be all year round, you know, basically every day, a lot of times, multiple times a day. Um, so if I want my guys to be all in, I got to be all in too. I got to show them the way. Yeah, for sure. How do you, uh, working in uh, coaching in a, a smaller community, how do you get the numbers? Uh, you're out in the halls try, trying to get kids in the wrestling room? Yeah, I mean, I think recruiting is like our number one goal, Re- recruiting and then retaining. I mean, I wear a Lodi wrestling shirt every day. I got Lodi wrestling shirts in my, in my room. Um, I try to get to know kids' names really, really well. So it's, it starts at a young age, and there's no way that a kid will ever slip through the cracks by the time he's in sixth grade that he hasn't heard about wrestling and been offered an opportunity to wrestle. So mm-hmm. it's just um, it's a 24-7, 365 job just to recruit. And then just as importantly, perhaps more importantly, to retain these guys, to know their names, to f- develop relationships with them, um, not to push competition at a young age, to have fun at practice, to know their parents, to, to communicate with their families. Uh, and thankfully, we have – an awesome alumni base that we have a lot of former wrestlers who, um, you know, their kids wrestle in our program now, and they're kind of doing some of that boots on the grounds recruiting as well. So that that's helped out tremendously. Yeah. And you, it sounds like you have a really great pipeline for, from your youth programs, from middle school and high school. So it's, it's great to see um, all those alumni involved. You know, I, I remember a lot of the, you know, being that I've gone to the state wrestling tournament for 20 some years now, I remember a lot of those, I remember Kelby Mack. I remember uh, Jake Madigan. I don't know if he's involved at all anymore, but um, there's there's a lot of a lot of awesome awesome alumni uh, for Lodi. So glad uh, they're still involved. Um, who are some of the more impactful people or coaches that you've had um, throughout your life? Yeah, I mean, um, Coach Perzik, right? He was my high school head coach. He's a current assistant of mine. So basically when he stepped down, I was as an assistant, we kind of flipped roles. And man, we've been through a lot of stuff together. 
from um, you know competing when I was in high school. I got hurt my senior year real bad. Um, I missed a lot of time. I didn't have a lot of confidence and faith in myself, but the confidence that he gave me was incredible. And then just how patient he was when the transition occurred, um, his loyalty to continue to coach, um, he's been incredible. Uh, coach Jack Reinlon, who really built this program, um, you know, it's, he's, he's the legend. Mm-hmm. Um, knows him, whether they've ever been involved in wrestling or not, just loves him. You know, when I was in high school, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I went to a camp with him one time and it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, just being around him for that short amount of time was, was great. I mean, what, so he was my high school PE teacher as well. And just the way that he treated every student, whether they were in sports or not, you know, whether they had a, a tough background or not, just like the respect that he gave to every student, how endearing he was, the respect that they reciprocated back to him. Like it was, you know, at 16 years old, I didn't understand a whole lot but I wish I would have understood back then what I was witnessing with how he was teaching people and just, and just loving them. Um, yeah, it just made me want to do it to others. Um, coach Laverne Ziegler, middle school coach, coach for 38 years. You know, he was really the rock and glue, uh, middle school wrestling, youth wrestling. It is not glorious at all. You know, so many people, they want to be at the high school where your name's on the program and you're getting credit for wins and you're, you're hugging guys when they have big matches, all those cool moments. When you're the middle school coach, you don't unfortunately get that. But everyone who's went through this program knows what he was, what he did, um, and we're and we're sure as heck gonna miss him. Um, and then lastly, just Dave Bowles, you know, the head football coach. He's exactly what you want your small town high school football coach to be. He's he's all about integrity and, and character and doing things the right way and treating people. Um, and he's not afraid to have hard talks. I remember in high school one time he grabbed a friend of in mine. He's like man, there's a, there's a thin line between cocky and confident, and you guys are walking that line. You know, he really helped me to kind of focus on other people because growing up, I really, really lacked humility, very, very selfish, thought about myself, didn't think about teammates and coaches, other people. And, yeah, Dave Poulter really, really helped me with that perspective. So, yeah, I, I have to mention him in this as well. Great. All right, I could talk wrestling with you forever. So let's let's change gears. Um, I'm sure people might be uh, interested in some other stuff. So I know uh, I did doing some research. I saw there was a profile of you done through the WEA Member Benefits Magazine, um, kind of talking about your finance, your financial acumen, and, and things like that. Um, what led you to diving deep into that? Oh man, it was it was out of necessity. I mean, I. Uh... I was so broke when I, when I graduated from college and every college kid is, but mm-hmm. like overdraft broke, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that I think we do this in life, whether it's a, whether it's a text you don't want to respond to or an email, or there's like these tasks that you know that they're not going to be enjoyable as you just put them off. Well, for me, that was checking my bank account, right? I knew it was so low. I was scared to look at it, but I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll probably have enough. So on my way home from college, you know, my car's packed up. You know, I stopped at three places. I stopped to get gas. I stopped to get something to eat. I stopped somewhere else. I can't remember the other place. I overdrafted every single one of those transactions. Oh. You know, $35 overdraft per transaction times three. I think that's that's 105, you know, plus gas food. So when I got home from college, I was negative $150 in my checking account with tens of thousands of dollars in student debt. Uh, when I put it all together, I just, I just, I panicked. I was like, I, I got to change. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, something needs to change. So 
from that point forward, you know, I, I just worked a lot. I worked every side job I could get nights, weekends, summer, spring break. Um, I lived at home, so I was able to save some money. I lived a very, very frugal lifestyle. Um, and I just grinded really, really hard for a long time to kind of just get to where I was treading water. Cause when I graduated at 23 years old, I was drowning and it was, um, a very scary outlook for what the rest of my life could look like. What are, uh, what are some of the, the big benefits that the WEA has? Um, I think in that article, you talked a lot about some of the retirement stuff and, and things like that. Yeah. So being a state employee, obviously you have some benefits, you know, with, um, like for our school, there's, they help pay our insurance, which is obviously a huge cost uh, to a lot of people. So that helps with the WEA. They have like, um, or excuse me, the WRS with Wisconsin retirement system, you know, X amount of dollars from our paycheck goes into that fund and then the school district matches and then they invest it. So, you know, it's like a pension, you retire. Um, so those are like two of the main benefits. Um, but WA, they do a lot of great resources and unfortunately not a lot of people take advantage of them. You know, every year you can reach out to them and schedule like a one hour free consultation and look at your accounts, um, look at maybe your loans, insurances, all these different things. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't take them up on their offers. Um, they have tremendous information. Uh, I just feel like it goes untapped a lot of the time. Well, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes uh, for this episode. We'll we'll get a link out there so people can go out and interview that if if they're able to. So thanks for sharing that. Um, you and your wife own an investment property, is that correct? A couple of them, yeah. A couple of them. What what led you down that path? Yeah, so like I said, it was it was I grinded for a long time, you know, and a lot of it was manual labor. And I was just to the point where I was tired. You know, my wife and I wanted to get married, we wanted to start a family. Um, the lifestyle I was living, we just, that wouldn't have been sustainable. So did some research, talked to, um, just mentors, successful people. Like, how'd you get there? How'd you do that? Um, did a lot of podcast listening, read a lot of books and, you know, I had a lot of knowledge for quite a while. I was in like this analysis paralysis. Like I was just afraid to make a move. And finally we just jumped at an opportunity, um, to buy a rental property and it's led to another and hopefully we can keep that snowball rolling. And, and the reason for that is just to have, you know, some freedom. You know, I'm not a materialistic person at all. I drive a beat up car. I live in one bedroom apartments um, that I own. I have never parked in a garage. I don't take fancy vacations. You know, all the materialism things in the world, they don't mean anything to me. I want freedom um, to be able to give my time back to other people. Um, if that means having to stay home with a kid for a certain amount of time, we have the freedom to do that. If that means um, that my neighbor's sick and, and we can help them out financially, let's do that. Where when I graduated college, I wasn't in a position to help other people. Um, now we're, we're getting there. And that's just a good feeling knowing that we're using um, our time and ability to help other people. Cause that's the point. That's the whole goal. Yeah. That's, that's so great that you're able to, to do that. And, um, that analysis paralysis, I kind of get into that same kind of thing too. It, it took me a year and a half to get to the point to launch this podcast. Uh, you know, something I, I spent a lot of time researching and trying to figure out and, um, yeah, it, it definitely took me a long time to do that, but, uh, it's really cool to see that you and your wife are, are, um, doing this, you know, to have that freedom, to have the ability to, to really do what you want. And, um, you know, you're a pretty young guy to have two investment properties, uh, be head wrestling coach. Um, and you know, you've done a lot so far in life. And, uh, one thing that I'm really excited to talk to you about is, um, your new dad, you know, I'm a, 
I, I see that smile on your face. You know, I just had my, my second daughter was just born um, like three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago. So um, welcome to the girl dad club. What, what's it like? How's it feel? Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, um, in a weird way, it feels natural, you know, like it, it just feels right. But then on the flip side, like it's really hard to be a new parent. Um, and that's one thing, like, I don't think our society does a great job of is like training or just notifying new parents of how hard it's going to be. You know, you see the, the Instagram posts and the Facebook posts and all the cute photos and all this stuff. Um, you don't see the struggles. You don't see the tears. You don't see the, you can't do what you want to do. Um, your, your hobbies are gone, this and that. Um, so I have some friends right now who are pregnant and you know, I've just been having an honest conversation with them. Like, hey, guys, it's not easy. It's worth it. It's a hundred percent worth it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not easy just to hopefully help new parents prepare for, for what's coming down the tracks at them. Yeah. It's uh, my, my wife breastfeeds and we have, um, there's some times where she's literally, we're going through this door. Uh, my oldest daughter's two and a half. Um, this is, this is actually a specific example from a couple of weeks ago. Um, we had to go get groceries and, um, my youngest daughter was crying, needing to eat. So walking through this door, I'm pushing the stroller with my two and a half year old. My wife's pushing the cart, breastfeeding my youngest daughter. Um, it, it was crazy to think about, but um, I have so much respect for my wife for, for all the things that she's gone through um, with our first child. We had, um, she had some breastfeeding issues and things like that. And um you know, we actually, she had an oversupply. So we, we donated uh, a lot of breast milk uh, to a lot of different folks to, to help people. So um, that kind of ties back to that, that servant thing that, that you're, um, you were talking about is, you know, doing things for others, you know, she definitely put the time in there, but like you said, being a dad, you know, having a kid, uh, being able to, to see him grow up and, and learn new things. It's, it's one of the best experiences in, in my life, at least. Um, has it helped, has it changed your perspective on anything? Um, uh, not yet, but I'm sure it's coming, yeah. you know, at least in regards to like, you know, how I feel about my daughter and stuff yet. Like right now it's just love and a little frustration when she's crying. I can't mm-hmm. help her, yep. um, but if she gets older and walks and laughs and talks, you know, I think that's going to change, but uh, just from my wife's perspective, you know, a catchphrase in my life is the struggle will strengthen you. Um, and through the past couple of weeks, since we've had our child, like I love my wife more than I ever had before. Cause I just see, you know, what she's going through and, and how tough she is. And man, before the daughter, I wouldn't want to maybe make dinner or do dishes, but now like I want to, like, I want to, I'm going to go home after this. I'm going to clean the sink and put dinner on the stove for my wife. Just cause I, I love and appreciate her so much and know what she's done and, go, and gone through. So <clears throat> it's been great for our relationship. Um, just having those hard times, you know, yeah. um, the only other thing I think has changed, I just have a desire to be home more. You know, my wife and I have lived incredibly busy lives um, since we moved in together. It's, you know, I, I coached football, I coached wrestling, I opened the weight room. So I'm gone mornings, nights, she coached basketball, she coached volleyball. I worked part-time, you know, she's with her friends and different things like that and doing different things, our investment properties. So we were just gone a lot. Now we just want to be home. Like we just want to go home, watch Jeopardy and watch Wheel of Fortune with each other and just, just pass the kid around. Um, yeah. We're at peace, you know, and that's uh, something in this chaotic world we don't find a lot. Yep. 
That's for sure. All right, so I can't let you go without talking about the Packers. I know you're a big Packer fan. What do you, what do you expect out of this season? Yeah, it's crazy. I think uh, this is more a heart than a, than a head answer, but I truly think that the stars are going to align in 2021. The Green Bay Packers are going to be Super Bowl champions. Um, week one was an anomaly, you know, when everyone was freaking out. Um, I want those people, like, turning their Packers cards, you know, because those are the same people mailing it in that, you know, when they do win the Super Bowl, they're like, I knew it, I told you so. Like, come on, guys. Um you know, adversity is either going to make you or break you. And I really think that the adversity of the offseason and where this franchise at is going to, is going to make them. I mean, look at the Bucks last year. All the adversity, mm-hmm. Tom Brady coming in and they struggle. And then Antonio Brown and then injuries. It led them to a Super Bowl title. Um, so I think that's going to be the same for the Packers. And then unfortunately, I think Rodgers is gone. I think Adams is gone. Um, we do a small rebuild with Jordan Love, but we, we have a lot of talent. We're going to acquire some draft capital. We're going to get under the cap. Um, this franchise is going to always be good. You know, we're the, we're the Green Bay Packers. Come on. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, the Bucks had the exact same loss to the Saints as we did uh, last year, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, it, it's how you rebound from those those losses. So, right there with you. A um, couple of rapid-fire questions, uh, and then I have one final question for you after that. So, um, what's your favorite restaurant in Lodi or the surrounding area? Well, this is hotly contested because some people don't call the restaurant, but my favorite restaurant is Quick Trip. You know, they, they serve food. Yep. So, you know, Quick Trip originated in La Crosse, which is where I went to college. Um, one of our apartments that we lived at was right next to a Quick Trip. And I'm not proud to admit that there was oftentimes I would eat all three meals a day at Quick Trip. I haven't done that since. I'm actually on a Quick Trip cleanse right now um, to kind of cleanse my body, mind, soul, and spirit of it. Uh, but yeah, I love it. It's, it's so good. It's so cheap. It's so convenient and it's not healthy, but it's also not like McDonald's or something else. So at least I tell myself that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, um, I used to commute up to Madison every day, so it was an hour up and an hour back and I'd stop at quick trip quite a bit. And that was part of my weight gain, but I still stop at quick trip a couple times a week and, um, try to just make better choices when I go there. And I've lost a hundred pounds and I still eat quick trips. So yes. I think it's fine. <laughs> uh, next question. What's your favorite local event here in Wisconsin? Yeah, I love the Lodi fair. Um, it's, it's kind of like a county fair, but Lodi hosts it, meaning there's a lot of rides, you know, there's a, <clears throat> a beer tent with bands and whatnot. There's tractor pole demo derby, there's cattle barns. Um, one of the coolest things is that there's an alumni softball tournament going on throughout the whole fair. So all four days, different diamonds, you know, you got the class of 2021 playing the class of 1983. Like it's pretty cool. Obviously I'm biased because I'm from this community, but you know, there's a celebrity pie auction where you raise money for a fundraiser. Um, so I was looking forward to the Lodi fair. Love it. But uh, Camp Randall opening day is special. You know, um, especially during a, a day or day or night game, it doesn't matter. But those fans are crazy. They're ready to get back out. You know, downtown Madison is, is busy. That's that's pretty special. And then um, team state at the field house. It's I think it's the best high school atmosphere in the state of Wisconsin. And granted, I'm biased. I haven't been to a ton. But when you have the fans on top of you, all these small communities piling buses in and they're rowdy. And that first takedown happens and people are screaming too like. The field house is pretty awesome for Team State. This might shock you, 
knowing that I've gone to the individual state tournament for 20 some years, I've never been to the team state tournament. Wow. This year. So this I'll have to get up there and watch Lodi. Yeah. Hopefully we can make that promise happen. Yeah. All right. Um, final rapid fire question. Uh, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin uh, besides uh, the Lodi wrestling room? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, my grandparents own a cottage um, up near Hayward, Wisconsin. And we go up there uh, usually twice a year, Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. As we have kids, we'll be able to take summer trips and whatnot. But uh, gone there since I was young. Uh, it's where I asked my wife to marry me on the pier. So that was pretty cool. Um, it's where we came up with a name for our children. Uh, we didn't know what we were having, boy or girl. So we came up with some names on that same pier that we got engaged on. So it's just, uh, it's a special place. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. All right, last question for you, Cody. Um, when all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great question. Probably, probably the most important one. I would say it's evolving. You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, growing up, I was just so, so selfish, focused on me and my success and my accolades and, Looking back, yeah, that's my biggest regret in life, how I probably hurt friends and families and, and, and teammates and things like that. Um, that's why I struggled as a young coach, right? Um, but, you know, I've had some events happen in my life, uh, some different tragedies. And when you hit rock bottom, um, what do you turn to? Everyone has their, their thing, and, and I just turned to Christ. You know, I had a strong, strong base in college. Um, so now I just really want my legacy to be a legacy of Christ. You know, there's a song that I listen to. Um, it's called Nobody But Jesus, and it just talks about um, you know, that the guy singing it is saying, I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Like, when people see me in my tour and my success, I want them to know that it's not me, it's Christ. Um, as I get older and, and learn more about Christ and love him more, I'm, I'm much more bold talking about him. I'm not ashamed like I used to be. I've been called a Jesus freak. You're right. You know, I mean, I just wear that. So I just want my legacy to be one of servant leadership that Christ um, just following in his path. Awesome. Well, Cody, I appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for hopping on Wisco Legacy.